Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 12.35 in Edmonton. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at the royalpizza.ca website or download Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Just before we go to our headliner today for Touchback Safety, Touchback Safety, a family business taking care of your family during uncertain times. Training sessions still readily available. A quick text from Tyler, who texts us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. He says, Bob, anyone pinning on the loss to the Hawks on 97 and 29 needs to evolve and grow a brain. I'm not going to speculate on who that might apply to, though. Well, Tyler, people are allowed and entitled to have their opinions. To get a independent assessment uh, from outside of the city of Edmonton, a gentleman who's been a former NHL uh, GM, also ran one of the largest agencies in the business, uh, the number one pick from the 1983 entry draft. We welcome back to the show from the NHL Network, Brian Lawton. Brian, how are you? I'm doing well, Bob. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Um uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I was hoping for a longer run. I'm disappointed. Um, to me, growing pains, but also illustrating that the orders are not a finished product in terms of the team building. But I'd like to get your perspectives. What do you think happened in this series against Chicago? Well, I think that when I look at the totality of what happened for the Oilers this year, they definitely... You know, and I think some of the some of the issues kind of roared their ugly head in the playoffs. But for the regular season, I thought they were exceptional. I thought they overachieved in the playoffs. I think some of their warts really came out and came out quicker than I thought they would. I thought it would at least take into the first round, not the play-in round, and maybe even the second round. Um, you know, they, they had some unfortunate things happen to them after the break. Uh, the drop of play of their top pair, I thought was devastating for them in the series against Chicago to not be able to shut down a line that was hot at whatever time it was, was really devastating. Um, that concerned me, the decor overall, having to give more minutes to some young players that have a bright future but aren't ready for it. That was concerning. The average goaltending was concerning. Um, you know, the lack of depth from their forwards, 
particularly in the bottom two lines, was concerning. So, you know, these are some of the warts you know about, you talk about. They got a little bit disguised by how good the regular season was, uh, but there was no way to hide them in this playing round, and that was pretty obvious in my opinion. You said at uh, the start of the year you believed Edmonton would make the playoffs. Um, the numbers suggest a pretty significant improvement, maybe in large part due to how good the special teams were. I mean, the best combined, second best combined special teams in NHL history. Only the New York Islanders in 77 78, which at that time was when the Montreal Canadiens were winning four straight Stanley Cups. But only the Islanders in that year had better combined teams than the Oilers. And maybe that helped uh, disguise some 5v5 problems because the Oilers' numbers have been pretty much flat for three straight years. I noticed you did not say, you did not bring up McDavid and Dreisaitl as being one of those significant reasons why the Oilers failed here against Chicago. Is that because no, you don't... I, I didn't. I, I don't see it that way. I think that... Um... You know, Connor had a rough first game. Other than that, he was exactly the player that he is, which is the best player in the National Hockey League, quite frankly. But it's still a, still a team sport, and it still requires depth to win. It's not basketball. You can't be, you know, Le- LeBron James in hockey. You just don't play enough minutes. You just don't have the puck the way you do a basketball. You don't have as much scoring. You can go on and on and on. Um, I thought this was probably pretty enlightening for Leon. Yep. He had a great series, obviously, last time in the playoffs. He was dominant, certainly against Anaheim. Everybody remembers how great he played. You know, he came in with a little different fanfare this year, much more targeted player, uh, much higher on the opposition's list of who to stop. Yep. And uh, he responded well at times, um, but I think there was some growing pains for him. I really do. I don't think he's the reason why they lost or anything like that. I I think that it had to be a recognition for him that mm, I'm a really great player in this league, but I can get better in some areas, and I can be more of a complete player. Uh, and when he does that, it, which you have to go through sometimes, you won't see this type of a hiccup. But again, I'm not saying that if he had – hit 100% on that mark, they even would have won this round. I just think it was a good learning experience for him. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, you would recall uh, in the San Jose series, Leon wasn't great in the first four or five games, and then he got a you know he got a huge goal in Game Six to put the Oilers on their way, and then he was actually moved off the McDavid uh, maroon line and centered his own line when Edmonton ran into a little bit of trouble. Uh, in uh, halfway through Game 5 of the Anaheim series, and then he kind of took off and had the big five-point performance in Game 6. Brian Lawton joins us. Brian, you said average goaltending. In your opinion, does can Ken Holland come back with Miko Koskinen and a 38-year-old Mike Smith, or do they need to go a different route, the Oilers? I would try to go a different route if I was the general manager. I'm not, and uh, lucky for Oilers fans... Ken Holland is because he knows what he's doing. He's knowledgeable. He's been through this before. Um, it's going to be a tough challenge for sure to, to find somebody else. But I, I would think that if you had to, yes, you could come back with that tandem. Would it be 
uh, Ken Holland's first choice? I don't think so. I just think it's a matter of options. Uh, it's going to be very fascinating to see what happens. There's a lot of goalies available this summer. Uh, a lot of guys that are, are pretty darn good goalies that I could argue would be above both the guys that Edmonton has. It's just a matter of money. It's going to be very tight for the Oilers, but the market's going to be tight too. So I would think that the plan would be to try to be opportunistic and see if you have a chance to upgrade that position. You're not going to be able to do anything with Koskinen um, most likely with his contract yeah. and, and term left. So, you know, Mike Smith would be the guy that's probably vulnerable. And yet I, I, believe if Mike Smith wants to play again, he absolutely will get a job somewhere in the league. Uh, I'm not blaming the first round on him either. He did not, you know, start the way he would have wanted to, but um, ultimately Smitty is a little bit like, in my opinion now at this stage of his career, he could be a little bit like Ryan Miller had been the past few years yeah. for, uh, for Gibson. Yeah. So there's value but, there with Mike. He's a good pro. He's well respected. He works hard. He gave the Oilers. We'll, we'll see what happens. Him and Neil gave the Oilers a little bit of juice during the regular season, too. And I know that the decision, and I want to get to the defense in a second, but you know, you can imagine here in Edmonton there was a, a little bit of consternation from the fans. Why do they start Smith in game one and not Koskin? And my perception of the Oilers. Uh, and it was just training camp. But to me, Koskinen was sharper than Smith was in training camp. Uh, they both played pretty well against Calgary in the exhibition game. The other big question here uh, was why was Nugent Hopkins not with Dreisaitl and Yamamoto? Connor's so good he can carry a line by himself. I will tell you that a guy named Woodguy, who's strong in the analytics, made a very compelling case for Dave Tippett's case that Nugent Hopkins and McDavid killed it five on five and puck luck is the only thing that kind of mitigated against the more dominating performance so there were a couple pretty i mean and that comes with the territory when you fail uh, in a playoff series right all things get discussed including coaching decisions right brian uh a hundred percent i spoke to dave Tippett the other day about it and uh you know coaching a team in edmonton is not the same in arizona but one of the reasons I would suggest to the fan base out there that they hired a guy like Dave Tippett is because he can take the heat in regard to that. You're never going to call everything right, um, but it's never really going to change who Dave Tippett is as a coach. A younger guy I would be really concerned about. <laughs> if Edmonton had a younger guy that was cutting his teeth up there or had gone through any type of adversity like this, it would be disastrous. And you have to give Ken a lot of credit, you know, for recognizing that. Of course, he managed forever in Detroit, and Detroit is much more high profile than, say, Arizona, where Tip was previously. But um, ultimately, uh, Dave Dave took some bumps and bruises. I talked to him about it. He's not a guy that that's going to affect. He's going to do what he believes. That's what he's paid to do, and. Um, he also understands that you're not always going to call everything 100% right, but you're going to make the best decisions with the information you have, and there's going to be times when you make the right decision and don't get the result you wanted. That's just hockey. I want to talk about the defense. Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Oscar Clefbaum's 27. Adam Larson's got a year left. He's turning 28 in the fall. Nurse is 25. Bear is 23. Okay, that's the Oilers' top four defense. 
Um, I, I should point out that Chris Russell, I thought, had a good series, uh, Brian. Chris Russell and Matt Benning were here in Edmonton early along with Chase on. Um, they were here for phase two, and those guys, I thought, all looked pretty good. So I, I found that intriguing, that guys that had committed themselves early, I thought performed okay in the playoffs. But Clefbaum 27, Larson 27 slash 28, Nurse 25, Bear 23. Can they, is that, I mean, none of those guys are old. They're still maturing as a defense. The defense didn't have the series they wanted. The top pair, and you already mentioned Clefbaum and Larson struggled a bit. Would you come back with that top four? I wouldn't be surprised if there's some changes there. You know, the top pairing, it's, it was such a strange year that you have to give that a lot of deep thought. You know, I expected Adam Larson and Oscar Kleffbaum to be shot out of a cannon coming back from a country that took a different path on how to treat this pandemic, uh, basically remaining open, uh, just treating it as business as normal. I expected those guys to be on the ice every day. I interviewed a number of European prospects. Um, for the draft, and these kids were training every day. I didn't see that type of result when they got over here, and that surprised me a little bit. I me too. Two guys that were miles ahead. So, that, you know, that's going to cause some pause. They're veteran players. They're good players. Oscar Kleffbaum, long-term, um, you know, there's a trend line there that concerns me. I have to be honest with you. I, I, that one, to me would take a lot more reflection and due diligence, and you can rest assured Ken Holland will be doing that. You know, he hasn't really seen Oscar throughout his entire career at the depth that he saw this year, and uh, you're going to have to make some strong decisions. So that well, one, I'm going to watch very closely okay. how that plays out. What does that, that mean there's a trend line? Are, are you concerned that he misses games? Are you concerned about, you know, his passion? Injury, for the- it, it, injury is a massive concern for me so take this from the perspective of somebody that i'm looking at it from the perspective of somebody that works for another organization yeah and you know then you're going to have ken looking at it from his perspective which is you know we got a guy that's pretty highly thought of in this league that has a pretty team-friendly contract at this stage he's on a longer deal that happens sometimes for the players uh, but it still would be concerning for me. If I were looking yeah. at it from another organization, I'd be I'd be concerned there. Would you qualify Athanasio at three million? No. Okay. No, I would not. Yeah, that's going to be a tough. Yeah. Yep. Couldn't do it in good conscience. I don't care what was traded. Uh, you're making the best decisions at the time in terms of draft picks, things like that. Athanasio was a uh, risk reward play where the reward, if Edmonton had gone on a long long run, um, would have been pretty high for them, for the risk that they put out there in terms of draft picks. Yep. But that didn't happen, and uh, that happens. But, you know, does that mean that you would double down and make another mistake on that? Because it is a mistake. And don't let me say that so callously, because believe me, uh, I made more in a few seasons than Ken Holland has in 20 years. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you're immune to it. It just didn't work out. It just didn't work out. He never really got his confidence. He wasn't able to score the way he, or the way they probably thought he would, nor the way he wanted to. And I think that, you know, for the teams that are looking, they'll draw some conclusions that more of a 
I didn't see any real high level of connection with Connor or Leon with him. And I, yep. I hope to see some of that. It just didn't come together. Th- those things happen. So, so my analysis would have been more of a singular player, you know, that yep. guy that's uh, not going to necessarily gel. Like Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a complimentary player, um, but boy, he fits in with high level thinkers. I didn't see that from Athanasio, a guy that can skate with elite players that like the Oilers have. I would have loved to have seen him uh, early in phase two in Edmonton as well. Uh, people need to take a look at uh, the information was out there. Daniel Nugent Bowman provided updates on the athletic, and uh, sometimes it gives you a little bit of a guidance as to maybe uh, who makes a quicker acceleration of getting going here. I got a total curveball for you. By the way, just an update, out-of-town score. We got a final in game one between Boston and Carolina. Patrice Bergeron has scored the GWG in OT. Carolina got two goals from defense. They have three defense that are pending UFAs. Um, obviously, they got Hamilton in the trade for uh, Hannafin a few years ago. They picked up Brady Shea from the Rangers. Um, Slavin and Pesci are uh, terrific depth selections for them. Pesci's out with an injury right now. They got Jake Gartner. Uh, they got Vatnin and, uh, and uh, Van Riensdyk and Edmondson that are all un- unrestricted free agents. Um, but they did something, Brian. Final question for you. In three straight years, they took defensemen with their first-round pick all in the top 13. Hayden Fleury, who's come on a bit out of the Red Deer Rebels, spent some time in the minors. They've percolated him. Uh, seventh overall in 2014. They took uh, Hannafin fifth overall in 15 and flipped him for Dougie Hamilton. And then they traded Jake Bean, who's had back-to-back 40-point seasons in the American League, 13th overall in 2016. Defense matters. We know that. Teams need depth of D. The Edmonton Oilers are short on forward prospects. They've taken Broberg 8th a year ago, Bouchard 10th the year before that. Do you take the best player available, even if the Oilers have a lack of forward depth in the draft, if the best player available is a defenseman? I think well, you do. You think you do? I think hands down, if it has to be a defenseman, it has to be a defenseman. The dream for Edmonton would be a guy like Jake Sanderson. Is he going to be there at 14th? Probably not. Right, But I, if a guy like that ever fell, I can't see how the Edmonton Oilers would pass that up. There are I, two... I don't see it being there, so that's being hypothetical, but you know, that's the way teams think. Right, and you know, we mentioned... Yeah, we'd like to get a forward, but if this is guy's available, he's the best player, we take him. Yeah, Caden Gooley and uh, Braden Schneider. Uh, Schneider is a late-born player. He's a right shot. He's got some edge to him. Uh, not, I'm told, not a great lateral mover and not a you know first-unit power play guy. He's more of a shooter on the flank. Um, and then Gooley, who's from Short Park, he, he can skate, uh, took on greater offensive role. Uh, those guys likely are going to be roughly in that range because I know I put out about six different forwards, Brian, uh, as options for Edmonton. And somebody said, well, what about defense? And then I'm sitting here watching Carolina with all that D. And you never know where things are going to be two or three years down the road, right, with your team and your organization. So you would take the best player available if it's you running the draft. I would. I would. I always have a player for D. You know, I'm watching what Carolina obviously has done. I'm watching what Columbus has been able to do. They've got essentially two top 10 or 12 defensemen in the league. And, they, you know, they didn't win the first game against Tampa, obviously, as everyone saw. But they went head-to-head, and Jones and Wierenski were, well, they were the two highest guys minutes-wise 
in the game and arguably the two best players in that game. Yeah. So, so. yeah, you, you just can't have a strong enough D. If you want to, you know, be something in the playoffs, you got to have a dominant D. I'd much rather have a dominant D than a dominant forward group. Well, we saw a couple of hub city teams that have got stellar star power at the top of the food chain. Uh, and I think Toronto's going to go through. Obviously, Muzzin and uh, Riley are going to be there for a while, but they've got some other guys that are going to be out of the mix. And uh, the Oilers have got some guys on good contracts in their top four and uh, that are big pieces of things but could be some movement. Brian, as always, we appreciate your time. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you. You bet. From the NHL Network, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning, longtime lead agent for one of the biggest agencies in the world, Octagon. That is Brian Lawton. He's our Oilers now headliner for... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. safety. When we come back, we'll get to the injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. It's 1255 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Harold texts the show to say, I listened to your show yesterday. Good show. At least there were some honest assessments of where the Oilers need help. Most of your guests picked Carolina, however. Boston won't be rolling over. Well, Boston got the victory today, 4-3. Let's go into our Oilers Now injury report. That's in double overtime, by the way. Patrice Berger on the GWG and double OT. The Oilers injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. And uh, Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang of James H. Brown want to wish you uh, the best uh, during these challenging times. Stay safe, stay positive. Uh, we got four other games today in the NHL. Is it the Mitch Corn Cup that's going to take place between the Islanders and Washington? No Ilya Samsonov for the Washington Capitals as he appeared to be on the verge of wrestling the job away from Braden Holtby in Washington. Mitch Corn was in Nashville. They always had good goaltending. Then he went to Washington. They had good goaltending. Then he followed Barry Trotz to the Island, uh, jump-started things for Robin Lehner. Uh, and there's been a little bit drop-off with Holtby. And just keep that in mind moving forward uh, on a guy like Robin Lehner, who uh, was terrific last year and right now is playing ahead of Marc-Andre Fleury in Vegas. A little bit of a surprise there. Montreal and Pittsburgh, of course, they uh, carry Price. Uh, check that. Montreal and uh, uh, Philadelphia. Sorry, Jack Michaels. Uh, carry Price against Carter Hart, the Sherwood Park product, Arizona and Colorado. Uh, Arizona capitalized and just brutal goaltending from Nashville. Now, they were out played in all four games and ended up winning that series in four. St. Louis, will they get interested enough to beat Vancouver? That'll be a challenge as well. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back in orders now, David Staples' cult of hockey. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.